Um, how's it, everyone? Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, won't you please take a moment and just prepare your hearts uh, so we can receive whatever God wants to give us or say to us um, today. Let's pray. Lord, as we gathered here today in our homes uh, during this lockdown with our family and um, maybe some friends, we surrender ourselves to you and we ask you to open up our hearts to receive what you want to give, open up our ears to hear what you want to say, and open up our spiritual eyes to see what you want to show us in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. So um, last week, Debbie spoke about look in. And um, today we're going we're gonna to look back. So I'm going to jump straight in. Today we're going to look back. And what I would like for you to do um, while you're sitting at home is to, for a few moments, just, just think back and uh, try to recall some, some good memories that you might have in your past. Anything that's good, anything that's inspiring, anything um, that excites you. Um, if you want to, just for fun, try to remember the earliest uh, memory you've got. Try to see how far back you can actually go. And um, if you want to hit pause and uh, maybe just share with the people sitting around you and um, what those memories were, have a little chat about that, please do so. Um, but while you do that, I'm going to share a few memories from my side. So just two. And um, the first one is, it's a memory, it's looking back to just uh, yesterday. Um, so yesterday, if J- just let's, let's hit pause there. If you didn't know how, we, how we're producing video content up to this point, we've actually pre-recorded a whole bunch of messages uh, for your convenience. And uh, so yesterday for me was Wednesday night, the day before the lockdown. I knew I was going to be recording a video today, so I decided that I needed to look really good. So what I did was I decided to cut my own hair um, uh, because I thought it looked a bit shabby. It was a bit fluffy, a bit puffy. And I thought, let me, let me just trim it slightly. So I pulled out my clippers, put the number one comb on, and then I started cutting the, the hair on the side here. Okay? I didn't realize how long the rest of my hair was. And once I've cut that line, I realized there was a super white line because I could see the skin right on my head, and the rest of the hair looked black, and I knew I was in. There's no way I could come back from the situation. So I decided just to cut the rest of my hair on the side, um, did the same on the other side, and then I had this giant mohawk in the middle of my head. And at this stage, I decided to call Cara, my wife, and um, she came through and she cut a little bit of my hair, but it was a proper flop. And um, and for the next 45 minutes, I was in my bathroom trying to fix this mess that I'd created. And before that, I was thinking, should I go to my mom? Because I know she can cut hair, and I know she'll do a good job at fixing it, but she's 30 minutes away, plus I don't want to expose it to anything. So I thought, no, I'm not going to go to my mom. And then I thought, maybe it'll be a good idea to actually just go to the hairdresser. And then I thought, should I risk it? And for, for a few seconds, I was going to risk it. I was going to consider going to the hairdresser, this person who's been in contact with maybe hundreds of people. And I thought, no, no, I've got to make a plan. And um, here I am now with this hair. And uh, what I've learned from that moment is that you, listen up, kids, you should never ever, 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 ever cut your own hair, okay? And then now you're sitting there thinking, Jacques, your hair doesn't actually look that bad. Let me tell you, it looks like I've got a doily on my head. Now the rest of you are laughing at me. Never, ever cut your own hair. Another memory that comes to mind was um, when I was a kid, um, I was really afraid of the dark. I was really, really scared. And I remember one night, um, I needed to make a plan to get to my bed before I went to bed. Um, so I stood at the door, and I decided what, was, what I was going to do, because either was I going to sleep with the lights on, 
or turn them off and, and I needed to turn them off. So I turned the light off and I calculated how many steps it was going to take for me to get from my door onto my bed. And I ran up as fast as I could. With one leap, I jumped onto my bed and uh, got under my duvets. And I was convinced there was something living under, under the bed. And um, at, at some stage during this night, I became so afraid um, of the dark that I, um, that I covered my head with a duvet, thinking that that would um, make me less afraid. And it did. It, for some reason, covering my head with a duvet took the fear away, as if covering your head was going to protect you at all. So the reason I share these stories with you, and the reason I ask you also to look back, is for this reason. Our lives today is very much a product of yesterday. I'm going to say that again. Our lives today is very much a product of yesterday. And when we take the time like we just did to look back and consider our past, we could actually learn from the past so we could better steer or navigate the future. So what I want us to do right now is I want us to look even further back, maybe close to 2,000 years back into the past. And for those of you who didn't know, today is actually Palm Sunday, and we're going to be celebrating Palm Sunday today. And um, I want to I share some words with you from one of Jesus' disciples. His name was John. And um, he sort of um, recalls one of, one of the, the moments in Jesus' life. And I want to read to you from John chapter 12, from verse 12 to verse 15. It says this, The next day, the crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches. Remember, celebrating Palm Sunday today? They took palm branches and went out to meet them, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Blessed is the King of Israel. They recognized that Jesus is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. This verse is verse 15 in the Gospel of John, but this verse is an exact um, reference to Zechariah 9 verse 9, which was prophesied over 500 years before the fulfillment of this prophecy, this very moment that John records right here. I, want us to, I just want to highlight a few things um, from, this, from this passage. So the first thing I want to highlight is, is the palm leaves. So the palm leaves were, were rich, very rich in, in symbolism. So palm leaves was a symbol of joy and, and victory. You would see them waving palm leaves, for example, when a conquering general had come back from the battlefield riding on his steed. Crowds would gather around, they would wave these palm trees in, in celebration. They would also shout, Hosanna. The word Hosanna is an expression of adoration. It's an expression of praise or joy. But ultimately, they're celebrating victory. The palm leaves are a symbol of victory. So as Jesus comes in riding on a donkey, they are waving palm trees celebrating a victory. They might not even know yet what the victory looks like, but they're celebrating almost prophetically a victory that was about to come. And then let's look at the donkey for a moment. So traditionally, when you would ride into a city on a donkey, on a donkey, it was a symbol of peace. When a king would enter a city, when they would invade the city, they would ride in on a horse, which is a symbol of war. But when you came in 
on a donkey, it was a symbol of peace. So we see Jesus coming into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. It is written in Isaiah 9 verse 6 that a son will be born and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. As Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, he comes in as a Prince of Peace, not as a blazing warrior or political power, but as a Prince of Peace. The last thing I want to highlight from this passage is that is, uh, Jerusalem had multiple gates, had mul- multiple entries into the city, and each of these gates had a, had a different name. And the gate that Jesus came into was called the East Gate. So he came into this gate specifically very intentionally. The, the um, East Gate also had a multiple other names. They traditionally was called the East Gate, but it was also called the Golden Gate. And um, it was also called the Gate of Mercy. They also called it the gate of eternal life. So here comes Jesus. Entering, Jesus, the one who gives eternal life, enters the gate of mercy, because God was going to show mercy, enters this gate of eternal life as the Savior of the world. And then the people, celebrating victory, shouting and singing Hosanna, not even knowing what Jesus was going to accomplish for them. Isn't that beautiful? Now let's pause for a moment. We looked at this ancient text because I wanted to make this point. When God speaks, He delivers. Right throughout Scripture, the Old Testament is full of prophecies where Jesus is prophesied. They prophesied about Jesus, the coming of the Messiah. Right throughout the Old Testament, hundreds of them. And then Jesus in the New Testament fulfills all of these prophecies. But God spoke and then he delivered. God promised something, and then he delivered. The reason I wanted you to look back was to realize that when God speaks, he delivers, and God has spoken about Jesus, and he's also shared stuff about us, about you, and about me, and about the world, and God has spoken, and like I said, when he speaks, he delivers. So I want us to look back again. I want us to look at, uh, at something the disciple John wrote. In John 16, verse 33, we're going to look back again. We're going to learn from the past, and we're going to learn what God is trying to say to us through this passage. John 16, verse 33 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Jesus is saying, in this world, you will have trouble. But then he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. Isn't this passage so relevant, not only to you and I, but to the whole world? Jesus is referring here to the world, saying, in this world, every single one of you will have trouble. No believer, no Christian, there's no passage in the Bible that says Christians are exempt from trouble. Or if you become a believer, you'll be trouble-free. Your life will be absolutely free of trouble. Nowhere. In fact, Jesus promised over 2,000 years ago that if you're living in this world, you will have trouble. You will have pain. There will be heartache. 
Then he says, I will give you peace. And the peace he's referring to here is the peace that surpasses all knowledge. It's the peace, not the peace, the absence of war. The peace that he's speaking about here is in the midst of the war, in the midst of the trouble that we experience in this world. He wants to give us peace in the midst of this trouble. I mentioned earlier on that I was, um, I was afraid of the dark when I was a kid, but actually this fear followed me through my life right into my adulthood. And I remember being in my fourth year I'm in Bible college. I was in my dorm in my room one night. Lights were off. And then all of a sudden, I became super afraid. I was filled with fear in my dark room, and I couldn't explain why. But I was fearful. And it was so, 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 so intense for me that I felt like I was paralyzed. I didn't quite know how to deal with it. And then what I did was I just became so frustrated, and I said, enough is enough. So I got up out of my bed, and I just started proclaiming this passage in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, over and over and over again, it says this. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and strength and a sound mind. And I just repeated this over and over and over again, not like a, like a, like a recipe or, or some magic words. No, no. I repeated it because at first I didn't believe it. I said, For I do not have a spirit of fear, and I didn't believe it. And I kept repeating it. Then I realized that God said, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and strength and a sound mind. And and as I repeated this over and over and over again, I started believing it when I believed that God had not given me a spirit of fear. It was in that moment that I broke free from this fear. Now the truth is, fear of the dark and fear of coronavirus is not quite the same thing, is it? Not quite the same thing. Even as I'm standing here today, I've got some fears around this. Just like you got a job considering my income. Just like you, I've got a family, got a wife. My wife is pregnant with our third uh, boy, so I'm really excited. But at the same time, I'm also worried because a pregnant lady falls in the high-risk category. And all these things, what will happen if one of us had to become sick? What would happen if... We got this virus. And the challenge for me now, as a child of God, is to look at John 16, verse 33, where Jesus says, In this world you will have trouble, but I will give you peace. And what does that peace look like? And the challenge for me as a believer is to slow down enough that I could seek God to give me this kind of peace. Richard Wormbrand, who was the CEO um, of the Martyr's Voice, said the following words. He says, they have tried to kill us. They can kill only bodies. We are not bodies. We are spirits, and spirits cannot be killed. And right throughout history, we see martyrs having the same sort of attitude, where it seems like in the midst of the trouble, the trouble of this world, they express peace a peace that surpasses all knowledge, a peace that is almost difficult to fathom, a peace that I long for. If you're like me, sitting here today and you've got concerns around coronavirus, won't you slow down enough and take some time and really seek God and trust God to give you the peace? Jesus says in this passage, John 16 verse 33, that in me you may have peace. 
So we need to seek Jesus in this time. So as we celebrate Palm Sunday, we wave our palm branches because of the victory that Jesus has brought for us. As we celebrate Palm Sunday, we will sing Hosanna as we praise God for the victory that he's brought. And we'll have to remember the donkey, the symbol of peace. And as the Prince of Peace enters into our life, he will give us peace. And I want to end this message with the words of Jesus. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Let's pray. Father, as we sit here today, we remember what you did for us on Palm Sunday. We remember you entering into the last um, week of your ministry here on earth before you died. And we celebrate that right now and we celebrate the victory that you brought for us. We praise you. We shout out Hosanna, Lord, and, and we think back about how God spoke and delivered. Lord, and you spoke. You warned us that in this world we will have trouble, but also you gave us a promise. And that promise was that you will give us peace. And I pray for every single person watching this video right now that you would give us the peace that surpasses all knowledge because you are the Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.